0: Welcome everybody, Filibuster Freestyle presents F1 Feast, that's right, Formula One Feast. It is your buddy Gavin, excited to be here. Formula One started the Barani Grand Prix, took place in Bahrain and we are going to eat some food, put some hot sauce on it this time around as well as we did on our preview show. And then we're going to get into it, really quick. Before I do any of that, I want to tell you about my friends at Pop Sketch Designs. Pop Sketch Designs is where you go for everything you need for customized logos, shirts, onesies, hoodies, all of it. Follow them on Instagram at Pop Sketch Designs, or go to their Etsy store, Etsy.com/shop/pop Sketch Here comes a theme song. On the other side, I eat some really hot bir- biryani, excuse me, with some. Dingo Widowmaker Hot Sauce, and it's gonna be real interesting. Luckily, I'm hungry because I'm not ready for this heat. Highs and lows, wins and losses, it's been unbelievable. Bringing me joy and bringing me pain. They've taken years off my life. That's the deal we have made. You're bringing me joy, you're bringing me pain, yeah, yeah. But every time I give up on them, they pull me back in. All right, so I'm back. I am nervous. I am very nervous. I have some Trader Joe's vegetable biryani, which is a seasoned basmati rice with vegetable dumplings. Finding biryani food, food from Bahrain in Boston, Massachusetts on short notice it did not prove to be easy, but I believe this is about as legit as it can get. And to, to uh, make things more interesting, again, I'm going to pay an homage here to Hot Ones with the Dingo Widowmaker hot sauce. So the way this is going to work is the winner of the race, however many seconds they win by, that's how many bites of this food, if it's super hot, which it is, <clears throat> I need to have. So unlike Hot Ones where they had... 10 wings no matter what, and you could eat one bite out of each wing, or you could eat the whole wing. Um, This is not a hot one straight ripoff. This happens to be homaging to them right now. Um, I'm going to have 12 bites of the exact same hot sauce. And again, Dingo Widowmaker is a 15 out of 10. I've never tried it. I opened it today. It smelled hot coming out. Let's have the first bite. Oh, by the way, Max Verstappen won the race. By 11.987 seconds Anyway, you round that up to 12 So I need 12 bites Checo Perez, his teammate Came in second Fernando Alonso of Aston Martin, third um, Carlos Sainz, fourth Lewis Hamilton, fifth Lance Stroll of Aston Martin, sixth George Russell of Mercedes As is Lewis Hamilton, by the way, seventh uh, Valtteri Bottas, eighth Pierre Gasly, ninth And um, Alexander Albon of Williams, tenth A lot of interesting things in that initial top ten of the season, but I can't talk about any of it without first having a bite of this Dingo Widowmaker Extreme Hot Sauce. Oh, wow. In my mouth for one and a half seconds, already tingling big time. Got to take a drink of coconut water to start. Point number one, as good as Aston Martin had looked in qualifying in practice, Again, they haven't done it in a race. It's going to be interesting to see what they got to do. One of the things I want to point out is they've got the same engines as Mercedes, obviously a different design, and it appears the design was nowhere close to Mercedes or the front of the pack last year. They finished seventh, but this year, in qualifying and practice, and spoiler alert, in the race, they had two cars in the top six already struggling to speak. Two cars, top six. They had the second best day after Red Bull, who finished 1-2. They have the same engines as Mercedes, different design, and that's going to be interesting. Point 1A, Aston Martin jumping from seventh place last year to basically having the second fastest car is super interesting, especially since both Red Bull and Aston Martin are the two teams that were fined heavily for violating the cost cap rules in 2021, 2021. A little sketchy until proven otherwise. Either team is as legitimately dominant or legitimately improved in Aston Martin's case as, as advertised, as thought of, but we'll see. All right, second bite coming. I'm just going to do it live. Here we go. Boy, oh boy, that's hot. Wow. Okay, number two, what the heck is up with Aston Martin? Oscar Piastri in his first race for McLaren? His car dies. Lando Norris had all kinds of issues. He was running 18th in 18th place at the halfway point. The king of Bahrain is a huge investor of McLaren. A very tough look at their, quote, home away from home race for McLaren in Bahrain. Do not know what is up with McLaren, but they had arguably the worst day on the grid. On the grid. Okay, bite number three. I'm going to keep rolling here because Ferrari's always interesting, but here's the bite. Mm. Good stuff. I will say this. The Dingo Widowmaker hot sauce is hot as hot as hell, holy cow, but it's actually really good with this vegetable biryani. Biryani, excuse me. All right. Whew, okay. In the first 12 laps one of the things that was interesting in the early going of the race was a Charles Leclerc of Ferrari with well ahead of his teammate, Carlos Sainz, just as at the time in that in the race, and throughout the entire race, frankly, Max Verstappen of Red Bull was well ahead of Checo Perez. One of the issues last year that saw Ferrari fire their team principal, Mattia Bonotto, was that Ferrari wasn't really anointing a number one driver the way that Red Bull has. And what I was looking at in the first 12 laps of the race is has Ferrari under a new principle somewhat anointed Charles as the number one guy because he was well ahead of Carlos Sainz in the same car as Carlos Sainz, as Max Verstappen was ahead of Checo Perez in the same car as Checo Perez. We didn't really get to find out how that ended. We'll get to that later. Okay, bite number four. And this is a fun one, not the bite, but the topic. I'm going to get a real hot one here. Mm. Again, an excellent hot sauce, but really friggin' hot. So Williams, the Williams Racing Team has been absolutely a dumpster fire slash last place for a very long time, or second to last place for a very long time. They came in dead last last year. They were running at the 25th lap, which is almost halfway through the race, in 10th place and in 13th place. And uh, their drivers are Alexander Albon, who's driven for Red Bull, and Toro Rosso slash AlphaTauri, the Red Bull family, basically. And I think this is his second year, if not third year, but definitely second year at least with Williams. Albin in the points right there, and as I told you at the top of the pod, in the points at the end of the race. So big day for them. But but also Logan Sargent, I believe his name's Logan, because now my brain's already fried from this hot sauce. Sargent being in 13th in his first ever Formula One race in a Williams, not too shabby at all, Let's keep observing Williams as the race goes on, but more importantly, as the season goes on. Okay, bite number five. I want to talk about Alpine. Okay, Esteban Ocon. He gets a second penalty when I wrote this down after improperly serving his first penalty. And then he got a third penalty. He served 35 seconds of pit lane penalties. For just minimal, stupid, silly infractions. And for an Alpine team that came in fourth in the constructors last year and was really excited about bringing bringing Peter Gasly in to to partner with Ocon and an all-French team, all-French drivers, Ocon was an absolute mess yesterday with the penalties. All right, I'm going to put points number six. Well, six and seven, but number six, really quick bite. Red Bull look invincible already, but it's a long season. Number seven, and I'm firing this bite in too, really friggin' hot. The Mercedes car design, they're telling us during the midpoint of the race, was not a complete overhaul from last year. Well, Listen up, guys. Last year was basically a disaster for you. And you're basically now playing for third again. And to make matters worse, as I said at the top of the pod, Aston Martin, whatever they did, whether legally or illegally or spending too much or not. And again, I'm, I'm completely going on, out on a limb on that for 2023. They were caught for cheating in 2021. But there was seventh last year. They have a Mercedes engine. Mercedes was third last year, has a Mercedes engine. Mercedes did not scrap their design from last year. Basically, had the third best car on the grid yesterday because Ferrari had a bad day. More on that later while Aston Martin rocket-shipped all the way from the seventh-best car on the grid to essentially the second-best car on the grid yesterday from a reliability and speed standpoint. So Mercedes not scrapping their design immediately. I think it's a massive mistake. Apparently, this is a plan B they have for this year. You should have just gone and made plan B, plan A for 23, because plan A, it looks like it's more the same from last year, which is a complete disappointment for what was the most dominant team of the previous regulation era. All right. Whew. 0.8, but here comes the bite for 0.8. Alpha Romero. I wrote this at lap 28, but it ended up holding okay, at least for their top driver. At one point in the race, at lap 28, again, about halfway through, Valtteri Bottas was in ninth place, and his teammate, um, Zoe, was in uh, 11th place. Really good for Alpha an Alfa Romeo team that also had trouble scoring points, especially in the second half of last year. Oof, point nine. Let's talk about Haas, but let's have a bite first. Man. And by the way, I sat down and tried to do a video part of this. I'm not quite ready yet to do a video part of this, but we're getting closer. Okay. Nico Hulkenberg started the race in 10th, so Haas had a great qualifying. Ooh, I got to get a drink. Wow, that's bad. Not bad, but hot. Well, he dropped from 10th place in qualifying, so in, in the points, if he, had, if he stuck there. Dropped all the way to 19th place. Now, I think another, a couple other cars retired, so he didn't come in 19th, but basically he dropped all the way out, all the way back. So Haas was being Haas yesterday, big time. And honestly, K-Mag, Kevin Magson, I think he wound up having a better day than his teammate who started 10th and was in 10th stop the race. But k had trouble qualifying, and K-Mag had a t- tough day compared to, I think, the excitement for him to come into this year with a full-off season of preparation with Haas. Since last year, he did so well, basically on the fly with no preparation. All right, man. Wow. Bite 10 of the hot stuff. Lap 38, the announcer said, Ferrari has gone conservative now. They're looking to podium with LeClerc. Leclerc. That was the Sky Sports quote. Here's what happened. That was on lap 38. Lap 41, Leclerc gets stranded by his car. Chaos literally two laps after. Sky Sports said that Ferrari was going to play it safe, try to podium with their guy, and I think at that point, Carlos Sainz's teammate was in fourth or fifth. Leclerc was having the better day for Ferrari. As happened all of 2022, Leclerc had a horrific day in terms of reliability issues. His strategy team didn't necessarily even have a chance to screw it up for him because the car screwed up for him, which is another playbook out of 2022 for him. So unfortunately, another real bad luck situation for, for Leclerc. All right. Point number 11 goes back to a point I already made, but later in the race. Mercedes' design stinks compared to Aston Martin's. Lewis Hamilton and uh, Fernando Alonso were battling for fifth place at lap 39-ish. And the four teams, Aston Martin, Mercedes, Red Bull, Ferrari, all seemed at lap 39-ish as clearly the best four teams. And obviously, I think the crashes and the safety cars and all the chaos that happens, like Leclerc's car uh, cranking out on him the luck factor might be the difference between Ferrari, Mercedes, and Aston Martin this year. It does does seem that Red Bull is not going to be touched unless their car screws up or they have bad luck with, with accidents or things of that nature. But yesterday, we saw Ferrari, with arguably the second best car, certainly with Leclerc driving it, have reliability issues. We saw Mercedes just not be fast enough relative to Red Bull, relative to Ferrari for the most part, and relative to Aston Martin for them, unfortunately, despite having the same engine that they made, a Mercedes engine. And then we have Aston Martin who took advantage of it and they put a real driver, Fernando Alonso, in a real car and the guy podiumed. Big time deal. All right. Um, point number 12. So lap, maybe my final bite here. I made it a good one. Lap 43. Lap 43. Alpha Torre were in 11th and 12th place, which is very respectable for a B team of Red Bull. But as soon as I wrote that down, the Sky Sports announcers did say, but Nick DeVries in his first race ever uh, for Red Bull's B team, Alpha Torre, was the only person who did not pit during the virtual safety car when Charles Leclerc's car crapped out and they had to get the car off the track. So he went from sitting in 12th to like getting passed by a bunch of people because he didn't pit, like seems like Galvatore like kind of left him out to, hung him up dry a little bit, and that is what it is. So anyway, those are my bites, but I have a few more points to make. So Pierre Gasly started 20th in the race, and he wound up getting ninth place. He was ninth place with three laps to go. He came in ninth place from starting 20th. So as bad of a day as Alpine had with their returning driver, Esteban Ocon, they got to feel really good that Gasly had an abominable qualifying session. I think he's in a bad luck with his car, too. I did not get to watch qualifying. But then Gasly turns around and gets points. So at the end of the day, I think if you're Alpine, you'll take that. Um, what you won't take, obviously, is getting absolutely housed by fellow former midfield team Aston Martin. But I guess you will take... Um, the tough day that McLaren had. But anyway, hell of a drive for Peter Gatsley. Fernando Alonso pressuring Carlos Sainz, lap 45. Alonso, masterclass, child's play on, on Sainz. And by the way, Alonso is a Spaniard, as is Sainz. And Alonso is Sainz's childhood idol. And he passed him and he said bye-bye, literally, on his team radio. And Alonso is primed for a big season, it looks like. Uh, this is Alonso's fifth unique team in his career. So he's had a couple of, of stints at Renault slash Alpine. He's had a couple of stints, I believe, at McLaren. Uh, he drove a Ferrari. Uh, I'm missing one. And he's now with this Aston Martin team, his fifth unique team. But he came in third place. I want to give Valtteri Bottas a shout-out. Eighth place in the race. Big time points for him. And again, my guy... Alex Albon, coming in 10th in a Williams, good for him. And then I want to give a, a shout-out to the guy who was the first out of the points, Yuki Sonoda, who's in a big spot this year to produce. Came in 11th didn't get a point, but made it as hard as possible on everybody else uh, to get points from him, and he pushed Albon all the way to the end. So what are my takeaways besides having a really, really swollen tongue right now? Takeaways are this season is wide open for second place, through at least fourth place in the constructors. I don't think this is going to be the year that Lewis Hamilton gets his eighth world championship drive. I do think, depending on the reliability of Aston Martin, Fernando Alonso, I don't, well, here's the thing. We've got to see some more races to know if anybody on any type of track has a chance of touching Red Bull. Because if Max's car, Max Verstappen's car is going to be the fastest in practice and the fastest in qualifying, we know they have the best pit, best pit stops, we know they have the best strategy, he's the best driver, arguably, but with the best car, the, best, the, the best-ish driver with the best car typically wins all the time. Is Aston Martin going to be able to give – Fernando Alonso a chance, because while he's in his 40s, he's a two-time world champion, he's crafty as all get-out, and it'll be interesting to see if he has the kind of car to get under Max Verstappen's skin a little bit. I do think that if yesterday's result were the whole season, the answer would be no. Ferrari's going to be interesting. I think Charles Leclerc, in that Ferrari, has a chance to be better than Checo Perez and better than Fernando Alonso. But if the car's going to crap out, or if the strategy's going to stink, as always— this poor guy has just got to get on a different team soon because I think he's too good of a driver to be on a team that despite it being storied in history, loaded with cash, fans galore, money galore, all of it, just can't get out of their own way despite being literally the winningest team of all time. So I'm very interested to see if anybody can do anything interesting because this already looks like it's going to be a ho-hum Red Bull season, which is why we're going to eat weird food, and by weird food, I mean we're going to eat food from around the world, and we're going to get weird. Uh, we're going to put hot sauce on it. We're going to do some things. Max won by 12 seconds, so I had to take 12 bites. What if Max had won by 20 seconds? I would have had to, have to take 20 bites of this. This would have been a longer podcast. My tongue would be even bigger than it is in my mouth right now. I wouldn't have already drank, and drink, drank, drunk, I don't even know, a gallon or a half gallon, Scratch that. Let's be let's be factual objective. I wouldn't have drank in a full liter of coconut water, which I have done during this podcast. So we got a lot going for us. Anyway, filibusterfreestyle.com presents F1 Feast. We're going to move to a video pod soon. I do promise you that. Let us get through these first few races. So after Bahrain, we go to Saudi Arabia in two weeks. Then I we go to Australia. And there's basically like a three and a half, four week break because the Chinese Grand Prix is canceled, I believe, due to still complications with policy and COVID in that nation. So, we're gonna have about a month between Australia and the fourth race of the year to get ourselves together. And that's when we're gonna hopefully have a video pod. But again, F1 feast, very exciting stuff. We had some vegetable biryani with some Dingo Widowmaker hot sauce from Australia. We had 12 bites of it. It was something. Subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Whew, and I gotta go get myself some milk because my tongue is on fire. Thanks for listening, much appreciated. And again, follow our friends Pop Sketch Designs on Instagram at popsketchdesigns, or check out some gear, buy some from their Etsy shop, etsy.com/shop/popsketchdesigns. filibuster freestyle. Thank you for listening.